This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to a special edition of the Sunday Side Session because it's Saturday as Nebraska, Illinois, correctly scheduled for a Friday night start between two just Football teams, I guess, is the way you could phrase it. Um, we'll let you figure out what modifiers you want to include, um, you know, to that. And to discuss this, I, I felt like I needed an expert. I needed someone who really understood what it's like to watch just disgusting and ugly football. And so I brought in Josh Peterson. He's watched the Cowboys for years. He's watched Nebraska for years. He's watched the Big Ten West for years. He watched that game last night. That was an all-time shit fest. I don't swear a lot on this show. I swear a lot in real life. Yes, you do. I can confirm. Way too much. Got to tone it down. Got to tone that down. But that was terrible. That was an absolutely terrible, awful disgusting game however nebraska emerges 20 to 7 victors and that is what we are going to discuss the friday night win against illinois josh uh where do you want to start with this game do you want to start where nebraska's offense had the ball 75 times in illinois territory and scored 20 points do you want to start with the plethora of just unbelievably bad time penalties and lack of discipline that just seems to be ingrained in the hallways of uh, Memorial Stadium. Hell, I guess either Memorial Stadium in Illinois or Lincoln. Um, Do you want to discuss Tony White's defense, which aside from one play, beating Quentin Newsom, who had a weird game, uh, to say the least, though a lot of people felt like holding should have been called on that play or a push-off, one of the two. Otherwise, Tony White's probably pitching a shutout. Do you want to discuss the fact that I sent you a text at one point in time on the first drive that said this looks bad because it looked really bad? It looked bad that first drive, man. It looked really bad. 74 and a half yards. Oh, yeah. Might have been more than a half, too. Yeah, seriously, Uh, three quarters. Do we want to discuss the text that I later sent, which was somehow only in the third or the fourth quarter, and it didn't even get that bad yet, where I accused – uh, Illinois of blowing its foot all the way off and said Nebraska actually stopped by with a first aid kit and was trying to sew the foot back on for Illinois. And that was before the two fumbles. I that wasn't great, Jay. Here, here, here's where I want to begin. I just want to read to you the uh, drive chart after Illinois' <laughs> touchdown. That's how I want to begin this. All right, so here we oh, go. No. Nebraska, punt, 
Illinois missed field goal and then end of half. Remember, remember that? Remember the end of the first half? How bad that was? Uh, here a we go. So, mad. Second mad. half. Nebraska punt, Illinois fumble, Nebraska field goal, Illinois punt, Nebraska missed field goal, Illinois downs, Nebraska fumble, Illinois three and out punt, Nebraska interception, Illinois interception, Nebraska fumble, Illinois downs, and then Nebraska took two knees, but not before running a play on first down of the final drive. Uh, yeah, this is one, you know, like in the NFL, you and I are fans of NFL teams, and in the NFL, truly, you you leave a game and you say, look, I'm not going to apologize for winning a game in the NFL. Who's going to who's going to apologize? There's no rankings. Who cares? College football, it's not always like that, but good Lord, this is one definitely where you say, we are not going to apologize as bad shape, as bad as they played in the second half in, in on offense. Defense played spectacular, and they made a lot of plays. They were put in crappy situations time after time again. His team won by two scores. You know, as bad as it was, they beat a team by 13 points. And remember, Illinois, they, they the COVID loss in 2020, I would say, is among the worst losses of the last half decade. The 2021 loss to, to kick off that season, horrible. Nebraska trailed by, what, 30 to 9 at one point in time. And then last year was the Casey Thompson injury game. It wasn't really a pretty game. It's a program that's owned Nebraska over the last few years. They've had a lot of success against them. And they went into their house and outside of, again, the first drive where they go 74 point whatever yards and then the touchdown, the defense really shut them down. And Shafe, I'm kind of bummed for those guys for a few reasons, but one of them is Nebraska should have finished the game in the positive turnover margin, which they never really do. They had multiple takeaways. They finally get a hard tackle that results in the ball bouncing free. Yeah, failing Sanford. Yeah. Nice night for him. What a, what a hit. Plus, I, there was a, a listener of my show who was like, I'm also happy that it was caught by Tommy Hill so we didn't have to have any discussion of, was that a catch? Was that not a catch? Like That was a sweet play. They get an interception late as well. But yeah, a couple of squirrely turnovers at the very end of the game. And so, look, you won by two scores, but... You know, I have to imagine the coaches love games like this because it's like by week we can build off of this. They got the W, so they should be happy. But there's also a ton that they can improve going into the Northwestern game in two weeks. Yeah, I think the, the difficult thing is how well they played on one side of the ball and how you basically have just talked yourself into, well, if Nebraska just gets a couple opportunities, they're going to have a chance. They had an entire game of opportunities. And it's still at no point. Despite leading 20 to 7 for, I don't know, the final, what, 20 minutes of game time or longer? Essentially, yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah, they got the field goal with eight minutes and 16 seconds left in the yeah, third so 23 quarter. minutes of game time. Oh, man. Yeah. You're, Nebraska's up two scores and their defense has played just lights out. You never could sense anyone being able to feel comfortable at any point in that game. So, yeah. I guess that's probably the next step. Getting the win is huge, and I don't want to minimize the win. I don't want to take anything away from the win. Um, you know, it's ugly, but here's the thing. They needed it. We, I started calling this opportunity October. I mean, you you have three games here. They got the first one out of the way. That bye week comes at an absolutely perfect time for a program that it just beat to hell, frankly. Um, they don't have enough healthy players. I mean, that, that in itself might be a bigger storyline for the final, you know, six games and anything else i just they're they're running out of players i mean they're yeah. they're gonna end up with guys in there that you wouldn't probably normally have as big of a role but they're gonna have to because they just don't have you know enough people on offense when when they lost anthony grant which mm. we'll we'll get into his second fumble of the year and and all of that but when they lost anthony grant <laughs> it is like okay so you're now out three of your top four wide receivers 
your top three running backs, your top quarterback's been gone since week two. Go win a football game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, a, and you, I'm happy, Shape, that you mentioned the wide receivers there because Washington, of course, gets hurt really early in the game yeah. as well. And so, yeah, now Grant came back, as you said, he did he did fumble. But, yeah, this has turned into quite the mash unit on offense. And, and this was, I would say, Shafe, the first time this year where, at least at wide receiver, I thought that that was noticeable in terms of who else got onto yeah. the field, right? Like, we saw a lot of those young players – Coming on and making some solid plays, I would say. Um, and I, so, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think at one point Brunch texted me um, on a on a third down. Nebraska's wide receiver grouping was Alex Bullock, Malachi Coleman, and Jaden Toss. So Ooh. it might have been Jalen Lloyd. I'd have to go look at the text, but uh, one of those two. So you have three freshmen or two freshman wide receivers and uh, a preferred walk on as your options on a critical down um, where you're throwing the ball. Like that's just, that's where they find themselves right now. Like that's just how they're going to have to figure out how they can manage that and still put together three more wins. I think that's yep. possible. A lot of it resides in this defense. Um, and the you know, schedule. Jumping, yeah. And well, you know, you only play who you can play. Uh, yeah. And Nebraska this year is getting to play who you would want to play when you're yeah. not very good. So yeah. you, you're thankful for the, Maybe the one kind of real fortunate schedule they've had in a while, uh, and it's come at the perfect time for them. So we'll see if they're able to take advantage of that. I'm, I'm jumping around here. I want to I want to come back to the offense in a little bit, but I do okay. want to spend a little bit of time. Where were you with Nebraska's defense coming out of that Michigan game, and where are you with Nebraska's defense right now? So I think I was in a little bit of a prove-it mode, with them, you know, one of the things that John Bishop and I, my co-host on Sportsmanlike Conduct, discussed, especially at the end of the week, Shafe, was the sack numbers and how, you know, we had spent the, the first part of the season, those first three games, saying, wow, look at this unit. They're able to get to the quarterback. This is something that they could rely on. And then they they had donuts in the, the previous two weeks. They had zero sacks against La Tech, and then obviously they had zero sacks against Michigan. And so I thought that this game was a chance to either, I, I said it was a fork in the road game. Either they're going to start getting sacks again, and that is not going to be a mirage, or we're going to have to kind of stop talking about that as a positive because this seemed to be the team of all the teams that they're going to play moving forward, maybe that you could really take advantage of it against Illinois. Horrible offensive line. They've had a lot of issues. Sure enough, man, I'm looking at the numbers right now three sacks, nine yards, but that doesn't really tell the story. They got after the quarterback throughout this game. There was a couple of opportunities, especially within the last, what? two or three drives at the end. I remember there was one where I texted some buddies saying, man, if they if they get hit, maybe it was the last drive of the game where they should have gotten uh, the quarterback. So I thought that they showed up really well. Um, I Dude, the, the run defense was, I mean, the run defense was maybe the best that it's been this year. 19 carries, 21 yards. Yeah. Of course, some of that is the sacks on, on Altmaier. Um, I thought they looked good there. We mentioned the opportunistic nature of them last night so like I was down on them certainly I had I had always viewed them in the early portion going into Michigan not as fool's gold but I did not think that their rushing numbers certainly were going to hang up over the course or hold up excuse me over the course of an entire season I still think that that's to be the case but again if you go back to the schedule it is a it is manageable in that regard so I thought that they made some plays they had they had some breakdowns like they usually do I thought the tackling was way better and that was the thing even more than the sacks the last two weeks, the tackling took a step back, I thought, against La Tech and against Michigan. 
Um, the, the latter, I think you could explain it's Michigan. The former, not so much last night. There was a few broken tackles, but for the most part, dude, I love the way that they swarmed on screens. There was one replay they showed where Altmyer's dropping back and they had this wide shot and he was looking to his right and the receivers going deeper, all covered the screen guy was covered and everyone reacted in, in perfect synchronicity. And they were able to get him tackled for a gain of just a couple of yards. So, uh, this was a really good bounce back performance for a unit that had gotten beat up against Michigan and, and hadn't played their best against La Tech either. Yeah, I one of the, the remarkable things when you really think about it, so you're you're talking about 19 carries, what was it, 19 for 21? Is that what it, it finished at? Yes, let me reopen it, but yeah, I believe. Yeah, 19 so, for 21, 1.1 yards per carry, a long of 10. You know what? Give them the, give the three sacks back and they can have their 30. Seriously, man. It still doesn't matter. It's 16 for 30 at that point. They're under two yards of carry. And it doesn't even tell the full picture because three different times Illinois needed a yard to a half yard. And this defense absolutely stood them up. Like that was, it was super impressive on the goal line, including against the dumbest play in all of football that needs to be outlawed. The the tush push, if you will. Um, which Hopefully my wife doesn't hear this pod. Well, I mean, Sorry. Uh, you know, it's, it's bad. It, it seems like it's really bad for the health of everybody. Teddy Roosevelt almost banned football because of deaths that were happening because, because of, of the tush push a hundred years ago, essentially. Yes. The tush push back in 1904 or whatever. Um, it was, it, it was remarkable because they basically, the, the idea of not being able to get a half yard. I know on two a times. quarterback sneak two times. And then, and then Illinois' two play calls on the fourth downs. They're just like we're at the point where coaches just love shotgun runs. Oh, they're they huge love, fans. They I don't know why. I will never understand why. Hey, why um, go a yard shape when you could go four? It's a lot, it's a you know, the challenge. And it always it's always like filtering, oh, they have all that forward momentum. Yeah. You know what stopped that forward momentum? Nebraska's three-man defensive line. Here's <laughs> uh, the other thing. I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure because when I'm at home and I'm watching these games, my wife is subjected to this, but I'll just start yelling out the random players that I see come onto the field. And one of them on that fourth down at midfield, I'm 90% sure was Riley Van Poppel. And they ran right where Riley Van Poppel would have been. And I'm, I'm also fairly certain whoever it was stood his defensive or his offensive lineman basically straight up to the sky. So the running back's first point of impact is into the back of his <laughs> offensive lineman and Nebraska's linebackers are able to just surround him, and he can't get any, you know, can't get any momentum. They have to blow it dead. Like it was, you know, I, for as much excitement as I have about what this defense is doing right now, my enthusiasm over this defensive line yes. and the young guys that are on it. And the fact that in critical moments, we're seeing guys like Riley Van Poppel and Sua Lafotu and Prince Will and Dude, Cam Lenhart. That's four. Yeah. Four freshman defensive linemen. And they got another guy who traveled, I believe, with them and Vincent Carroll Jackson, who's only played a short amount of football, but he's six foot eight and just a you know behemoth that you're hoping to, to turn loose. Oh, by the way, here's Nash Nash Hutmaker, who's becoming one of the best interior defensive linemen we've seen Nebraska have since uh you know, kind of the Polini heyday. The glory days, yeah. Uh, when, when you're talking about, in probably this specific order, Sue Crick, Collins, Valentine, you know, and, and then Kevin Maurice. Like, those are the last five really good interior defensive linemen. It feels like Nebraska's 
had uh, Damian Daniels, I think would be, you know, mentioned, but it's, it's obviously a little different with the, the four man front and the three man front, but just the performance there from Nash. I mean, he is, uh, is it a stretch to say he's the most important piece of Nebraska's defense? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I mean, then you look at those other pieces around it. And and I was thinking as you were describing all these guys, Shafe is like, before the season, that was one of the biggest question marks. It's just going to be like, how are they going to be able to hold up in the Big Ten? Because like, it's one thing to, I guess in the past, it's been one thing to have like a good freshman running back or something, you know, like that. Because, you know, it's kind of, it feels like a more of a plug and play, but defensive line, you really have to bring them along. And this group is stepping up and making plays. And, and like, I don't want to, to, spend and I'm going to try my best on my radio show not to spend like the next week just talking about the future but gosh like I think of our conversation with the wide receivers earlier and these guys now getting all these reps it sucks that they have to but I mean next year the year after like this is going to be some some big time stuff for them um same with this defensive line and and with obviously the latter they're holding up really well and they're making plays Prince will getting that sack last night the first of his career that was super cool to see because he was one of the players especially going back to spring football you know, a half year ago now, he was a guy that, that was brought up a lot in mm-hmm. uh, in March and in, in April. So he makes that play. I, I just, the, the way that they held up again after getting put in, you know, I mean, the, the first drive was was on themselves. You know, they allowed them to go right down the field, essentially. And, and you and I are sharing some text and it's like, oh boy, you know, this isn't the way that you want to start a game. And they get them to the half yard line and they, and they bow up. And then to do that again later on, not at the goal line, but in another fourth and short situation and just... You know, uh, they just never looked comfortable. They being Illinois and Altmeyer, he just never looked comfortable. He was too often scrambling, too often running around. And I thought what they did, especially that last drive, the last couple of drives, they really were getting after him. And and the play shut down immediately. And so he's throwing the ball out of bounds and, and suddenly the drives are coming to an end. They did a really nice job as the game progressed of forcing his eyes to come off of downfield. Yes. Like he always had to check what was around him. And then he had, you know, he did he did a nice job of evading. I mean, that, that could have been a seven-sack game. I mean, they, yes. they had pressure on him. He's a good enough athlete. He was able to, to kind of wiggle out of some stuff. I think Jamari Butler completely missed. He, he had a, a sack and a half. He had a good game. He got a game ball from Brian Christopherson. Uh, but he completely missed him on a just a dead-to-right, straight-up-the-middle sack. I'm not even sure how, how Altmaier avoided it, but... I uh, I was very impressed by the pass rush. I'd like to see the pressure numbers, and and we'll see those. I think uh, when when BC puts up the the pro football focus snap count thing that we usually have every week, and there's usually some good goodies in there about the pressure rate and all of that. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Here's here's something that stood out to me when I was looking through the box score at the end of the game, and this gets back to Nebraska, just sort of where they are as a program, where they are with injuries where they are with Tony White's defense. They had, these are some of the major contributors. I mean, you could make a case, aside from Jamari Butler, the three most valuable players for Nebraska's defense last night were Isaac Gifford, Phelan Sanford, and John Bullock. Yeah. Those are essentially three walk-ons. I know that Isaac Gifford's a little bit weird. I mean, essentially a gray shirt into a guaranteed scholarship, et cetera. But... When we talk about the walk-on program, and I know that that's kind of a thing, like it, it can be a bit of a lightning rod for some people, and it has been for me too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of 
you know, I don't have a lot of expectations for guys that walk on because it's really hard. It's really hard to find yourself into playing time, and then it's really hard to keep that point time. And we're seeing these guys lengthen Nebraska's roster, provide more depth, step in when you don't have Jatron Singleton and Marcus Buford, when you don't have Luke Reimer, another walk-on. You know, uh, like this is the kind of depth that they're going to have to survive with for the rest of the season. And it's pretty cool seeing these guys get their moment. There's another walk-on, Grant Taggy. Had a great game against uh, Illinois. He had the fumble recovery on the on the you know botch kick Special return teams, for Illinois. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was in there uh, involved on the play with the block punt. I don't think he blocked it or anything, but I mean it's just look you're getting these good performances. Alex Bullock, who had the horrible drop against Colorado, two critical third down catches. Like they're getting big performances from walk on players right now. Like that's I think that's a great sign for Nebraska, that when you're able to blend your freshmen who are having great performances, especially the defensive linemen, we saw Malachi Coleman have his first catch. Yep. He threw a block that caused I was me gonna to say. yell at the TV. Yeah. Like, I, I literally yelled at the TV, saw that at Seacrest. <laughs> I mean, he would get after people. Before he ever had a Nebraska scholarship, I watched him basically block a Southeast kid all the way through the sidelines. Like, it was, you know, that was the Malachi Coleman I knew right off the scene. Um, and so I know that's in there. And so it was awesome seeing him do that. Uh, trying to think of the other freshmen that were involved. Help me out here. Is there anyone I'm, I'm really forgetting about? No. And I, I wanted to add on top of what you were saying, just like Nebraskans in general making plays yep. throughout last night. Like my, my group chat was popping off with like, Oh my gosh, another Nebraskan. Oh my gosh, another Nebraskan. And, and at some point I imagine we're going to talk about Harburg and, and kind of what, what to do with quarterback moving forward. Um, but he gets another touchdown. He has 82 yards on the ground. Um, he's finally pitching on the option. It was it was a <laughs> it was a lot of Nebraskans that were making plays last night, whether they're scholarship guys or walk on guys in really key moments. And like again, if they're going to if they're going to scratch and claw their way to six wins this year, if they're going to get to a bowl game, these types of guys are going to have to continue to do this. It's a lot to ask. It's going to be a lot to ask to see them consistently do it. You just said something I think that's going to stick with me about walk ons like having to do it over and over and over. It's it's hard. It, there's a reason why ultimately they, these guys didn't get scholarships, but last night was it was really cool to see them play uh at this type of level and, and making these plays that are, is getting Mike Schaefer to yell at his TV. Saw that in high school. I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was uh it, it, there's a lot of good in that ugly win last night. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely like that's what I wanted to spend the time on, but you do have to at least acknowledge didn't look great. Anything else defensively before we want to shift over? No, I don't. I don't think so. I just I I uh, I, I continue to to be impressed um, by by Tony White's crew, and and I really thought that they answered the bell, especially after last week. Last week was the low point for them so far this season. People were questioning, you know, not if they quit. Like no one said the Q word, but there there was a hey, where where was the fire of the early part of the season? I thought that they answered that, especially they were put in compromising spots again by the offense multiple times but by themselves on that first drive and, and they answered, they answered in both of those moments. And I'm okay with a touchdown at the end of a half after just some weird, you know, clock management by the offense. I, I I'd give them a really strong grade on their performance against Illinois. All right, let's take a quick time out. When we return, we're going to dive back into the offense. We'll talk a little about Nebraska's future and what to expect here in October and beyond. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Heinrich Harburg played the entire game. There was so much Jeff Sims talk throughout the week. I mean, it was on my message boards. I was getting texts about it. You know, you hear from different media people throughout the week. And it would be like, hey, what are you what are you hearing about Jeff Sims? What and you know, it was like this. You reached out to me. Hey, are you hearing anything about Jeff Sims? <laughs> because I was like, people kept hitting me up, and I was like, all I know is that he's progressing and then at some point they're probably going to try to work him back in to some degree. I don't know what it looks like, but I just kept thinking like, I don't know why you would do it right now. Like get through the bye week Yes, I didn't think they needed. I, I felt like the version of Heinrich Harburg that we saw against Northern Illinois, Louisiana tech and Michigan would be more than enough for them to beat Illinois. I mean, I, I expected Nebraska to win on Friday. Um, I wanted Same. to predict more than a seven point win, uh, but it, it turns out they only won by 13. And they didn't score the 26 that I that I put down. And but, they should have. Um, they could have, certainly. They had opportunities. I I leave that game acknowledging they got the win. The offense did enough. They have still they, – they have some ability. Like, the quarterback run game is still there. I think they can throw the ball a little bit better than they have. But right now you're, you're losing wide receivers at an alarming rate. Like, I don't – you just don't have a lot that you can kind of work with. Harburg vacillates between um, solid to competent to skittish a little bit. Um, and some of it is just like he's, he's – that raw. offensive line isn't – yeah, he's raw. He's very raw. That offensive line isn't exactly, you know, helping him out. And here's the other thing that I, I guess I noticed more last night. He was making the right read more often than not. He just couldn't either hit the spot or, you know, that Thomas Fedoni drop, that one was, it gets kind of lost in this whole thing because Nebraska obviously had a million other things go wrong after that. But that was one where if you watch the replay, it looks like he looks as there's a defender that's sort of over the middle and he's like, I got to throw this high just to stay out of the way of the path of that defender. And he throws it a little bit too high. Like he's just slightly off in some regards. And then he's way off in other regards. I think a lot of it is he just needs more time. Like, I, yep. you know, we have to we have to remind ourselves it's his fifth game at quarterback um, playing against an actual opponent that isn't his teammates at practice in the college level. His fourth start, he really – I don't even know. Has he thrown 100 passes yet at this point? He's got to be really close. I mean, he averages about like 19 a game. He's, had, he's played five games. Um, he's at 96. Wow. Good shape. I mean, you're pretty much right there. He's completed 50 of them. So, I mean, he's at 52.1, four touchdowns, two picks. 
So I don't like, I don't want to write anything off. I don't want to overpraise anything. Obviously, last week I was the guy that said just move forward with him as your starter. I still believe that. I don't think that's what Nebraska is going to do. I don't either. But I like, I would just stick with Heinrich Harburg and, you know, just go with it because, yes, they had quite a few turnovers against Illinois. Yes, he had that interception. I still just feel comfortable with him in there. And I, I think he's learning as he goes. And I, I'm okay with that. Like I, I can live with that. I think if his big play potential remains there, that touchdown run was great. I liked how, you know, I was, I was hammering that broadcast all night. I, one of the, one of the like ivory tower things about being a Nebraska media member is I don't have to watch a lot of these broadcasts Nebraska ends up on. And since Nebraska has been pretty bad lately, they play a lot of games on broadcast with broadcast teams and broadcast productions that are, a little bit lower than your top end stuff. And so I was getting like annoyed at the lack of replays at the camera angles. Like, I don't care about the commentary. I, I, don't even I was going to say, I like Helfrich, by the way. Now, part yeah. of that is I met him last year and he was really nice to me, but I, I like Helfrich. I think he brings well, the game down well. That's great. We, we like Helfrich. And if you like Helfrich, we like Helfrich, but I don't, I'll be honest, NFL games, college games. I'm pretty good at just tuning out whatever they're saying. I don't, other than Chris Collinsworth, who for whatever reason is my guy, Sunday night I lock in. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, if my if if the Vikings are playing or if Nebraska's playing, I am not at all listening to what people are saying in terms of, of the broadcast. But I I like I lost my train of thought. I didn't know where I was going with this. You were talking about Harburg. I've never touchdown run. <laughs> I talked myself into a complete hole on the road. Anyways, <laughs> touchdown run from Harburg. You can just see the explosiveness that he has. Um, I just I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to move off of it right now. I understand why they will if they do. Uh, I would just keep it sort of where it's at. What is your kind of talk me through your thoughts on where this offense is? And as you look at critically these next three games, especially, you have Northwestern, you have Purdue, and you have Michigan State. Do you think that they can find a version of this offense? Because I think they probably have to be around 20 to 25 points a game, 24 points a game, if you want a more normal schedule or normal number to win those. I don't think they can do it in the teens and, and sweep them. But I think if Nebraska no. could figure out how to score 24 points or more against all three of those teams, they have a chance to go three and oh, which if they go three and oh, that's a bowl game. Yeah, they're going to a bowl. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right um, because I think that the defense is going to have – they're not going to be able to, to hold everyone to seven. There's going to be a game in there where the defense makes a few extra mistakes, right, and, and the opposition gets to 20 to, to 30 points. So if you kind of start at that baseline, then you're saying, okay, so can the offense find a way to get to, to 24 points, to 28 points maybe once in there as well? I, I, I thought last night, you know, there, there was the, the Harburg of it all, and then there was some of the Satterfield – stuff like I thought the play calling at the end of the first half was really weird um and and sometimes I get really annoyed where it's like because I was critical of them th they threw the ball you know so they begin the drive and he fumbles Harburg fumbles the snap um and shotgun and he gets down on it and then they throw it twice and they're both incomplete and suddenly they're they're giving the ball back to Illinois and Illinois almost makes it a one score game and like Technically, there was like, they got a first down before those three plays happened. and th that's true that's true and so you know I got the the criticism of if they weren't aggressive you'd be mad about that. It's like, okay, no, first of all, no, that's not the case. I, I think that they had been kind of living on the edge a little bit at the end of the first half, just looking at the drive chart 
Um, they had not scored since uh, midway through the second quarter. They had had a three and out. They had had uh, the well. This was that that drive then led to to the punt. They had five plays, eleven yards. But it just it came shafe off of the the touchdown for Illinois. And I just thought at that point it's like get into the half. I I, I think with Harburg. Um, it's so funny, man. He still hasn't had that like backbreaking moment that would say, get him out of there. But he also hasn't had that moment where it's like hundred percent. He needs to be the guy. Like I have found myself agreeing with you on like, eh, you know what? Why not make him the starter the rest of the way? But I just don't feel like super great in it. Um, there was a, a, a I don't remember what it was last time. Maybe a, just a comment in general where it was like, you know, Sims is turnover prone, but Harburg has just kind of been lucky so far. Like there have been multiple plays where it should have been a turnover and it didn't result in one for whatever reason, but there have been like, I mean, he drops the snap. He, you know, throws an interception. He's, he's living on the wild side a little bit. I mean, the, the benefit again is that they're playing these really bad teams today. As we record this, it's it's Saturday, October 7th. It's four weeks since the injury, um, high ankle sprain, four to six weeks. The next time they play is two weeks from now. That's six weeks. So I'm with you. I think we're going to see Sims. I do wonder about how how long of a leash it's going to be for him, um, how comfortable they're going to feel. if Because Harburg, has, he has done enough. Um, and, and I'll be honest, man, like two weeks ago, the conversation was, yeah, but can he do it against Power 5 teams? I'd say he's held up well enough against Michigan and Illinois. He was not the reason they lost to Michigan. He was also not the reason they beat Illinois as right. well. It's like, can they can can he and the offense – like just do enough where we're we're leaving the the Northwestern game, we're we're leaving the the Purdue and Michigan State games, and we're talking and we're saying, hey, they they, they were able to to. I think if they can go two and one in the next three, you're feeling really good. Does that guarantee a bowl? No, because Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa at the end of the season. But um, I I think that what you said earlier is is right on. Can they find a way to get to 24 points in each of these three games? Because if they can. That that should be enough. I mean, certainly, I would say they can go two and one, and maybe they can go three and zero. Yeah, the the conversation with Harburg too. You can't also divorce it, and I'm not that you were doing this, but a lot of people do. You can't also divorce it from what's around him. Correct. They don't have like one of the things I do like with Harburg is that you can see some development happening. Like on that throw to Thomas Fedoni, that was high that I was talking about. That was also probably his third option. He like worked through his progressions and he found a guy on third down. Someone else on my message board, I wish that I had uh, written down who it was, pointed this out earlier in the game. They like on third downs. Harburg looks calm. Like he doesn't. does. He does not look like the moment's too big for him. I mean, he had a couple important third down pickups uh, to to Bullock and to, to a couple other guys. Like he just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't seem frazzled, which I appreciate. Um, and I, a lot of this comes back to if you're going to make this decision, you're probably making it with the idea, whoever it is, is as your starting quarterback is your best offensive weapon and probably your best offensive player. Because Anthony Grant against the worst rushing defense Nebraska will play the rest of the year and the entire year, probably. Louisiana Tech wants to fight Illinois over that title. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but Anthony Grant didn't have a very good game. No, and he danced even, a lot like last year, Shafe. Doesn't even include the fumble. I mean, I thought that I thought he had made some progress in that me regard. Too. Like I thought we saw him kind of cut up field. Yep. The difference between Emmett Johnson, 
who when he was in on those inside runs and it just reminded me of watching Ramir Johnson come in against Oklahoma. And you're like, so they could have done this all year, you know, and here we are. Here's Johnson on these inside runs. It's like they could be doing this all game. And then, of course, he fumbles. And so who knows what's going to happen with that? I, I have... I have stood up for Anthony Grant because I think the hate sometimes goes too far. And yet at the same time, I have to admit, and I have, but I I will do so on this show. I have to admit he is an incredibly flawed running back and he is not good enough to be a big 10 number one running back. Like they don't have a number one running back. No, there's a reason why he was where he was on the depth chart. It's so funny as you, you just described Johnson as well. Cause I was with you. I was like, wow, where's this guy been? This is fun to watch. And then of course he fumbles too. And yeah. so that that it's just a it's a flawed room and and I really think that it's a flawed it, offense yeah it's it just, is man and see you know what uh, uh, honestly like that's the thing that we all have to just make peace with is I I got frustrated at times with Satterfield I got frustrated at times with uh with Anthony Grant I got frustrated at times with Harburg this is who they are and yeah. and and that's why it really is just about can they do enough like there is a conversation to be had and I would like to have this in January when the season is done and hopefully they played in a bowl game about like, what, what is this? What are they trying to do and how can they get better big picture? Cause that will, we will have to have it. And rightfully so this year though, it's not about that. Like e- even if you say they, they have too many young coaches, the, the offensive coordinator is bad. They messed up in the portal. Like, okay, that's totally fine. And I will hear all of those criticisms and I'm going to agree with you on some of them. They're also down their top two running backs. Anthony Grant also got banged up in this game. They have no wide receivers. They're playing all these freshmen that they weren't going to play. The offensive line still has a whole host of issues. And they're playing Heinrich Harburg, who Schaefe in August was third string at one point in time, right? Behind even Chubba. At least that's mm. what I, maybe not. I mean, so at least he was second. So like they're down. I mean, in a normal offense, if if, if Nebraska is playing a team or if you're a fan of a team and it's like, yeah, they're going to get to go up against a team that has. And then I just gave you the litany of all those stuff. You're like, sweet. We're going to pick up a W this weekend. Yeah. This is going to be great. And I again, I don't want this to be some sort of full throated defense of Marcus Satterfield. Mm-mm. But this isn't a video game like you don't just have a list of plays that everybody knows that you can just press X on and. Everyone's going to run it perfectly, regardless of whether it's wide receiver seven or wide receiver one or tight end four or running back 42. You know, like it's just a different it it is a very different thing when it's the real human element. And I I threw this out on the message board yesterday and I want to ask you, too. When's the last time this fan base liked Nebraska's offensive coordinator? Uh, 1997. Well, I mean. Yeah. Because that was, his, that was the same guy when it was 1972. Bingo. Seriously, I'm I'm serious, man. I think the last time people legitimately liked Nebraska's offensive coordinator, it was when Tom Osborne was still calling plays as the head coach. It, it, yeah. Frank Frank got criticism. Barney Cotton got criticism. Everyone under Callahan got criticism. Like no one. How many times have you heard in your lifetime? Oh, they're getting cute. You know, they're getting cute. They're not doing what's working. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Yeah, it's been it's been almost what 26 years now. Right, and so it's it. With that, armed with kind of just that in the background of the discussion, it's hard for me to sit here and hammer Marcus Satterfield when all it is is backups and flawed offensive players and some young guys that are getting their first run, an offensive line that simply cannot help itself um, from making poorly timed penalties, 
even their best offensive lineman, who you could argue has been Bryce Benhart for most of this year, he has his moments. He had the really bad false start, I believe, on third and one. You have Ben Scott, who has two different penalties this Dude. year that are just completely unnecessary. And Ben Scott's been good. And I don't yeah. want to, you know, like, I don't want to belabor that. They've, they've had enough performances that have been bad. Like, you don't have to, to focus on those guys. But it's like, you know, coming into it, you're at a disadvantage offensively against every team that you play. Yep. You cannot, absolutely cannot give away free yards on offense ever. It should have been you first can, and goal at the 10, Shafe, and suddenly it's first and 10 at the 25 again. Right. It's like all of that it, work to gain a first and five. Wasn't it even close? Is that, that where it was? I mean, either way, it's like, what are you doing? You just, it, it, it's so funny when you just sometimes think about football and how many yards you have to gain to score. And it's like, okay, you get the ball to your own 25, you got to go 75. Nebraska too often is put in these spots where they got to go 100 yards to score touchdowns. Like yep. it, should, it just shouldn't be the case. So yeah, it, it's, and that's, and that's what these next three games are going to, and like, yeah, all six, but really these next three, it's like, can they avoid those? Nebraska went against a team that is penalized a ton. And Nebraska was the one that had all sorts of penalties and they had some penalties in just some real absolute bad spots. And, and I, I, not, not to belabor the point, but I know you were tweeting about it last night, the procedural stuff. And I know rule talked about it after that. They well, I don't care. Some, like, yeah, I, yeah. Someone, and this is, you know, it's easy for me to say I wasn't there. I, someone could have easily been like, well, how does that explain the multiple procedural issues at home against Michigan? Sure. Bingo. Yeah. So it's you obviously know, like been I, an issue they've had. Right. And so I don't care if there's someone mimicking signals. I don't care if they're blaring music. I don't care what it is. You struggle at home with jumping with false starts. Yeah. You struggle at home with procedural issues. This is just ingrained in the fabric and you have to beat it out. And I don't care if it's Donovan Rayola, Marcus Satterfield, Matt Rule, somehow Trev Alberts gets involved. You got to oh. figure this out. Yeah. Like there's there's six games left. And obviously you're going to get penalized in the, in the next six games. It's unlikely you're going to play a completely clean game, but nobody wants to hear about why you have these false starts because it's not like it's just one. And they always seem to happen when it's third and short because everyone kind of knows your offensive line has to cheat to get the yard and the push. They have to blow off the snap. And sometimes that means getting there early in order to get the guy far enough away so you can pick up the first down. So I don't care if it's, you know, again, simulating signals, whatever it is. You're not doing well at home. You're not doing well on the road. It's an issue for you regardless. Figure it out. Because yep. it's one of the things that you can actually control. You can't control who you have to play on your offense. You can't control who you have to play on your schedule when you have the injuries and, you know, everything's already set up. You can control whether you're jumping off sides or not, or, you know, whether it's a false start or you're getting lined up, whatever yeah. it is. Very well said. In. Last thing, we ran long. Shocking. Hard to believe. We ran long. Um, how do you feel about the timeout usage? Good question. Um, I Because I, there was a few uh, listeners of my show who were like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Now, I, I guess I gave Rule some grace in the second half because – they're up two scores when they 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 took the second timeout. They took two timeouts on on one drive. Um, both times, I'm saying, look, you're up two scores. In theory, there's no reason you should have these timeouts at the end of the game because if you need them, you've had a complete meltdown. So my thought was, use them because you're trying to go up three scores and just end the game entirely. Now, <laughs> the last timeout, the literal next play was the fumble, and it's like, good God, you know. So like my my defensive rule there. 
um, ended up being shot to hell. Uh, I, I, all that to say, <laughs> I don't mind them. First half ones, honestly, were, were kind of more frustrating. It just, it's so obvious right now, dude, that he is just like, just doesn't trust a lot of the, the stuff that's going on out there on offense. And, and I wonder how much of this is like PTSD for what happened at the end of the first half versus Minnesota. Where remember we came out of that game and we're like, why didn't you take a timeout before the, the penalty and then the interception and, and that game ended up, you know, going the way it did. So, uh, don't hate it as much as some people do. If you're up two scores, Take a timeout. Try to get everything called. But also, you can't come out of one of the timeouts fumbling the ball on the literal next play. That's not good. I I honestly do not. I don't care when they use them. I really don't. I mean, it'd be ideal if they could have all three if they need them at the end of the game for whatever the reason would be. But my understanding of when they're using these timeouts are because they're seeing something they don't like either from themselves offensively, which probably be that. a big portion of last night. Yeah. Uh, and then Tony White multiple he used one on that first drive you know when they're they're in close to score like that was the first time out they used they didn't score on that drive yeah that seems like that was a great use of it yeah timeout. it seems like it played out pretty well now um, so you know i i we've been conditioned to think that you should never touch your time like there's like break in the case of emergency save them for the last two minutes but honestly at this point with a team that is so flawed and where every sort of play in the run of things critically matters, I don't think that you have the luxury to just bank on, well, we might need these. Yep. You might need them right now. Yep. Because you're, uh, you know, a bad formation, a bad play call from giving the ball away. You're a bad formation from giving up a touchdown. Just use them. I, like I'm talking about. They, they were up two a... scores. They were up two yeah. scores. If you need right. those at the end of the game, we have a different conversation that we need to have. It's not going to be about timeout usage. The the other thing is like they're they're very much not anywhere near a complete product. No. And so the the sort of teams that get to use their three timeouts as they absolutely want are Michigan and teams that are built over time and have their their shit together basically. Yeah. This this program does not. And so I'm totally like use them whenever you need to use them because that's why you have them. And the, the the idea that you can only use them in the final two minutes of a game when you're trailing is dumb because they needed them. Like they, one, they need more than just six timeouts for each half. Yeah, can we but, do a basketball situation where you get like twelve? <laughs> what they want to do is carry them over. We'll do a, a thirty second timeout here. Thank you. Oh, oh yeah, full, like full timeout. Cut this in half. <laughs> we only need about fifteen seconds to tell <laughs> to tell our team we're not running that play. We're doing something else. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to I wanted to get into that. There's like a lot of other things, but you know, shockingly, we've got two weeks to discuss all of it. So plenty of time. Uh, and two weeks coming off of a win. How many? How many post? How many going into the bye game wins does Nebraska has out of the week? You ready for this? It's the first time since 2016. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you and I and everyone in the profession spends two straight weeks of just like. What the hell's going on? This is terrible. Yep, it hasn't been great. Uh, 2018, they didn't even have a bye week because of the Akron game cancellation. First time since 2016, they beat, I don't remember who they beat, but then they uh, came out of it and beat Indiana after the bye. Uh, they actually might have beat Illinois going into the bye as well. So, yeah, that first time right. since 2016 that they uh, that they get a win going into the bye, and really, it couldn't have come at a better time. As, as we say goodbye, uh, how about this? Before the year, you ask anybody, hey, what's their record going to be? Most people said after six it was going to be three and three. Now they they took an odd path to get there. They lost to, to Colorado. They could have beaten Minnesota and they beat Illinois, but they have gotten to that point. And so 
I, I really do think that the bowl is still on the table. Um, it's it, it, very little margin for error. And that again, that's kind of my takeaway from last night's shape. I did not think that the offense played very well and they still won by two scores like that. That That's growth and, 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 and little baby steps, but that's some growth from the program right now. Baby steps are still steps and they're still forward. So that's what counts. Josh, appreciate you joining here on the Sunday side session on a Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. You got the, you got the, everything, you know, just opens up. You don't have any Nebraska coverage you have to worry about today. You can watch the, uh, the beloved Cowboys play the 49ers on Sunday. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I'll, I'll be looking forward to, to, you know, checking my phone while that game's going. You oh, know, we'll, we'll be texting. I don't really like, yeah, I'll, I have to like you text prompt. me. You prod yeah. me to get my opinion. I'll try want, to text I can leave you, you alone. I no, no, no. I, I'm you. You're one of the few that reaches out. I'm happy to text you. I uh, I have your Vikings in the pick'em in my pick'em league. So uh, let's mm. go Vikings with the plus three mm. and a half. Uh. No, okay. Should I go with the Chiefs? All right. Well, never yeah. mind. This this has all the makings of a forty to three loss. So. Oh boy. Yeah, what is this? A Cowboys Vikings game from last year? I'm excited that I'm making a brisket on Sunday, and that's what's there. We go. There we go. All right, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Sunday Side Session. Be sure to check out everything we have going on at Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage from the game, plenty of coverage still to come. And the bye week coming up, we've got some interesting stuff for you. Don't worry. There's going to be plenty of content, even if Nebraska doesn't have a game set for next Saturday. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.